0: Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick.
1: Southeast Radio. Well, document fraud is a $20 million problem, but one Irish company has developed a solution. Ronan Burke, one of the co founders of Inscribe, joins us now to tell us more. Ronan, we'll be discussing Inscribe and how it detects fraud in documents supplied to financial services companies. But first, I'd like to get an insight into your own background.
0: Thanks for having me, Carl. For sure. I originally grew up in Limerick, studied electronic engineering, and shortly after you graduating university, I started working on this company and uh, have been building it since. As you mentioned, Carl, we help financial services firms detect fraud.
1: So how did yourself and your co-founders, Conor, Oisheen and James, identify this problem in the market that needed to be addressed?
0: So it was actually an experience my co-founder, Connor had at a national bank here. So he was working at a consulting firm at the time, and they were deployed uh, at this national bank and they were tasked with automating the onboarding flows for various different uh, products that this bank was offering, such as checking and savings accounts, uh, mortgages, uh, personal loans, et cetera. And he basically saw firsthand the struggles uh, the risk teams at this bank were having in terms of reviewing customer information that was being supplied. So let's say you're opening up a bank account, you need to pro- provide proof of address or proof of identity, or you're applying for a mortgage, you need to provide proof of income. Uh, via bank stamps and pay slips and these proofs uh, were basically clogging up the system and causing a lot of inefficiencies um, and not only inefficiencies for the, the bank but also a poor customer experience as well and so when you saw that we we discussed it a length at the time uh, we didn't immediately act upon it but about a year after that we actually started speaking to some fintechs out here in san francisco and when we learned that they too had the same or similar problems we were like okay, there's there's an opportunity here. And from there, we started speaking to more folks, saying, hey, you know, we're we're considering building a solution here. If we built it, would you buy it? And we started getting traction from there and and off we went.
1: And Ronan, how prevalent is document fraud in the financial services sector and what form does it usually take?
0: Sure, so based on the data that we receive um, across millions and millions of applications, we see about 5% of applications contain some form of misleading information or document tampering. So, for example, a very common requirement for many banks and financial services firms is to, you know, prove that the person does in fact live in the country that the, the bank or financial institution, uh, you know, is located in. And in that case, you provide a proof address document, such as utility bill. But, it's you know, extremely common for, you know, folks to, modify the name or the address in those documents to try, you know, get access to the system. And, you know, in, in some cases, it's, it's you know, relatively innocent, but, you know, still not allowed. However, in, in other cases, it's part of, um, you know, money laundering activities and, um, and parts, you know, of the, like, a underworld that, like, can cause a lot of losses and damage to the financial services ecosystem. Other examples would be, for example, when you apply for a, a credit product, like a mortgage or a personal loan or an auto loan. Where you know somebody, you know themselves, they might just inflate their income or cash balance to get better terms, or it could be um, you know third-party fraud and much more malicious in terms of this person not even existing as a real identity. However, they assemble the various different characteristics of a of a good identity and then apply, uh, get the the credit product, uh, and then you know don't repay, or they might repay the first three instalments, but then they they don't pay the remainder. And so it can cause various different problems for financial services firms. And, you know, we've seen, you know, 5% is what we see across our applications. But the, the reality is, you know, to, like, to actually detect all of that um, is actually quite tricky. And so um, a lot more goes, um, you know, undetected and that causes uh, a good bit of losses for for firms as well.
1: It's a fascinating area. So how does Inscribe actually detect instances of fraud?
0: Sure. So. There's there's a couple of areas in which we do so. The first is um, forensic. So when 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 folks modify a document, uh, the way we we think about it is basically if you make a change to a document, it leaves behind a whole series of cookie crumbs that we can we can go and detect. And so, for example, if you uh, you know modify uh, your income or you know the the cash balance or the line items on a bank statement, uh, that leaves behind evidence in the in in the file that can be uncovered. And um, So you might not match the fonts exactly the same size or the alignment might be off a little bit or we can recover the previous version or there's uh, suspicious uh, software in the, the metadata, etc. So that's like one category. Uh, the second category then is um, we, we know what good looks like in terms of a good document. And when we find anomalies on various different uh, characteristics from those good documents, we can spot those as well. And, And that's what's really helped us, you know, outperform a lot of other existing solutions. In in that, we we can we can spot anomalies in the same way a human would spot an anomaly by building up intuition. So if you take, you know, a risk analyst at a bank, they've seen thousands or millions of documents themselves, and they they have a good intuition. Uh, But you know, we've replicated something similar in that we've seen millions of documents, and you know what good and bad looks like, and the anomalous ones are very clear to us. So across those two detection categories, we. Uh, provide a trust score, and that trust score helps uh, banks and fintechs uh, decision on which applications should be automatically rejected, automatically accepted, or or which ones should continue into manual review.
1: And does your software actually work across all document types?
0: So we primarily work on English language documents, and then we do have a focus on the most common documents like bank statements, utility bills, uh, tax forms, uh, things of this nature. And so we do constrain it a little bit, however um we are you know continuously expanding this um, and so we aim to serve two use cases so one account opening so when you're just opening up a an account or a financial product for the first time and then the second use case is, is underwriting and so the documents that are associated with those two workflows are a core focus for that.
1: so how did you go acquiring clients for this
0: so it was actually quite an iterative process so when we got started we actually worked with a couple of fintech lenders out here in San Francisco and we didn't really have much of a product. However, these fintechs were very willing to work with us once we had something that could detect a little bit of fraud. Uh, and then over the, over you know a six month period, uh, working alongside with them, we were able to build more and more detectors, and then uh, get up to a point where you know companies were were, were pulling it from us basically. And um, you know it, it, was a, it was a case that we needed to kind of see real-world fraud to build detectors that were going to be reliable enough. And so that was the key, really, was to get uh, early customers who are very willing to work with an early-stage startup. And that's what really got us off the ground.
1: So talk us through the growth which the business has enjoyed today, and the number of clients which it now works with.
0: Yeah, so we're, we're working with, you know, many of the leading fintechs out here in the Bay Area or in, in the United States and also some large institutions. And, yeah, we've been, you know, growing three X year over year for the past two years and uh, planning, you know, growing at a a similar rate over the next couple of years. And, you know, as we become, you know, more prevalent in the market, we'll also start working with more and more of the, you know, traditional financial institutions and traditional banks out here in the U.S. as well. Yeah, a lot of our existing uh, client bases, you know, U.S.-based, fintech, online-based lending companies and and fintechs.
1: And what about the insurance sector? Is that on your roadmap?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. So on the insurance side, there's an equally large uh, fraud problem. So both at the point of application, so applying for a policy, but particularly at the claims point. So uh, at, at, the, at the point of claims, that's where, you know, evidence is usually provided to, you know, support some some kind of claim. And at that point, you know, information such as, you know, do you have ownership of this particular item that you insured so let's say you insured your macbook pro or your your laptop uh then it was stolen and then you you the insurance company asked for evidence of hey did you did you actually own this then you provide an invoice of the of the purchase and in those cases we see quite a lot of of tampering of those documents uh to prove that somebody did not in fact own something however you know in a lot of cases <laughs> that's just a there, it wasn't the case so you know, in the future, we do see an opportunity there. However, for now, we're focused uh, primarily on financial services. Um, but yeah, beyond financial services, there's you know a lot of use cases across healthcare, uh, insurance, government, Fortune 2000 reimbursements, um, etc. So, you know, we're very excited for the future and the various different types of applications here.
1: So Inscribe has recently completed a funding round of $25 million. Talk us through that journey.
0: Yeah, so, you know, we've been on... The venture back journey for a couple of years now, and so we we got started with our first venture round in twenty eighteen, um, of two point, of three point two million dollars, and then a Series A in 2020, 2021 of ten point five million, and so the, the most recent round of twenty five million Series B was you know the third round in in this journey, and you know once you get onto the path uh, of a seed round like we did back in twenty eighteen, you know it's a it's it's one of those dynamics where you know it's, it's you get onto this pathway of high growth um, and then with the with the eye towards future profitability and you know it, it's very common for you know multiple rounds to occur and then uh, to maximize growth and then when, once you get to a point of sustainability you you, you turn your eye towards profitability and larger outcomes uh, and so this is one step along that journey for us and in terms of how it comes about i think you know ultimately strong business uh, good growth, uh, good market, good team. Uh, a lot of those factors, the very simple things, come into play. Uh, and also, just in terms of like you know, building a network, building a relationships, uh, finding good partners uh, that want to go on this journey with you. And you know, and, and ultimately, it's getting partners who are aligned with the mission. Um, you know, we're, we're building, we're enabling trust for the future of online finance. And you know, a lot of folks are excited about that.
1: So, how will you be using that twenty-five million dollars?
0: Yeah, so primarily, you know, mm-hmm. nothing relatively new, a lot of more of the same, however, uh, more of it. So we'll be investing in our R&D efforts in, in Dublin. So we have a product and engineering team based out of Dublin, and a lot of it will be going towards hiring more engineers and, and also uh, expanding our go-to-market activities in the U.S. as well.
1: And do you think that due to the value that you've created with Inscribe Software that you could become an acquisition target in the near future?
0: It's not something we think about. Um, you know we're we're here to build a long term enduring company we have so much work ahead of us we have a huge amount of opportunity ahead of us and we have uh, we we know exactly where we want to go for the next 5 years so uh, not currently um on our minds um yeah we're just you know excited to continue executing
1: and finally Ronan what advice do you have for aspiring tech entrepreneurs here in Ireland
0: yeah for me it's always it always comes down to something i learned in uh, uh an accelerator program out here in the Bay Area called Y Combinator, but um, it's basically the the search for the unique insight. I think most great businesses are built off a unique insight, uh, and for us, at Inscribe, was basically that uh, you know a lot of document fraud occurs, and not many folks were trying to solve it, and that unique insight, um, which Connor found, my co-founder, at a at a bank, uh, you know, was was that initial insight, and. You know, it's it's about looking out for those types of opportunities, and once you see it, uh, be aware of it. And you know, if you think it can, you know, lead to, you know, a future opportunity, um, go go tackle it. So for me, it's always being on the lookout for unique insights, and, and then from there, you know, if you want to act on it, do, and um, you know, take the journey as it comes.
1: Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Ronan Burke from Inscribe, and it's certainly a company to keep an eye on in the future.